Welcome to Being Human, Philida Fleming, fellow partner at First Human. It's my great pleasure to be here in your cottage on the Isle of Wight for this conversation today. Great. Great to have you here. <laughs> so, Philida, you're involved in supporting leaders developing themselves. Let's start with what do you see as the definition of being a leader? Uh, well, that's, uh, that's an interesting question. Um, for me, leadership is, is certainly not uh, necessarily something that comes with designation. Uh, or accountability, but more of a phenomenon that shows up when um, someone, whoever they may be, is committed to producing something that's probably goes way beyond themselves. And, uh, and they can start to produce that or close to that and um, and then what they're producing currently really isn't happening already you know why would you want to bother to get into action and lead something that isn't that's 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 happening uh, a leader the kind of leadership people that I uh, work with are interested in um, is producing results that that um, are currently are not happening so um, anyway does that start so, so, to so, so, begin so, to yeah, answer so. what is a massive question really so it's about producing results that aren't can't aren't currently happening. So going beyond what's currently happening. Yeah, something, um, uh, you're in, you get committed to something and you want to produce it, then that requires leadership first of yourself. So um, uh, a quality of someone who is is displaying the uh, phenomenon of leadership is that they are um, deeply self-reflective, in my view. Right, and they're reflective in a way in which they're leading themselves. Absolutely, they are observing themselves they are noticing what they're doing. They're constantly looking and reviewing and um, creating their leadership. And why are they bothering to do that? Because they are committed to producing something. And they're committed to producing something that is way bigger than just them. So way bigger than just them and way bigger than what's currently yep. happening. Yep, yep, So the kind of people I'm interested in working in, with are, um, they're up for something. They're up for something. They, they want to make something happen. And that has a value that's um, uh, significant. And... Um, and that can look all sorts of different ways. Okay. And what's what's a great example for people then of what you see as being something that's significant that your experience as a leader has taken on or maybe you've taken on? Gosh, great. It was many, many great examples. It could be um, that they want to cause... Uh, a shift in well, like one key thing that's that's I've often worked with people is a shift in safety. 
because there's a deep commitment to taking care of people. And, and um, the leader may put that center stage and have that be the uh, outcome, have measures and outcomes that are way off the scale of what currently is in existence, but they demonstrate everything, the value to the bottom line, the, all, all the other aspects of a business. And they are about uh, profoundly demonstrating their commitment to their people, their customers, all the stakeholders. Okay, so so demonstration is is part of it, but is it right that my access to being demonstrate or, or to demonstrating this is the self reflection is leading myself? Well, in my view, yes. I, I think um, uh, look, one way you can lead is command and control, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, uh, except it produces a certain kind of environment. And um, in my view, if you want to get others to come along with you of their own free will, to join you to produce something that currently isn't happening or isn't in existence, then it's, it's, it's going to require you being willing to look at yourself and what environment are you uh, making around yourself in which others can do that? Now, are they, are they able to step up and join you? And, uh, and at least in my experience, when you are busy commanding people, telling people, instructing people, it creates a different environment, not that one. But some may say that by telling them, that's another way of having people step up and yeah. help one manifest whatever it is that you're looking to manifest. So what, why is it perhaps less effective or why is it? Yeah. Well, um, you know, you're, well, if you look in for yourself, when you take something on, when you commit to something, and it's some, something that you you can see you'd really love to have happen, but you really don't know how to have it happen, but you really love to have that thing happen. And it would be deeply satisfying to you to have it happen. Um, then uh, there's a whole energy that comes with it. But being in a work environment where you're willing to take the risk to do it um, and uh, means that at some point somewhere, unless you're just very bold and courageous yourself, which you might be, someone is creating an environment in which you can dare to take the risk. And um, uh, to really take on, um, take yourself on. Um, I've lost what you asked me in the first place now. We were contrasting between command <laughs> and control and this style of leadership, which seems like it's much more about me and who mm. I am mm. and much less about telling others. And my challenge was, well, why is it that it's, it's less effective to just tell to, others? Just, just tell others because that's a way of getting people to stand Yeah, up well, with. it certainly is. And it gets a certain kind of result. It just won't get the kind of high performance that um, people who get committed to produce some to produce something extraordinary are looking for. Uh, it's on, it's far less likely because you have a sort of compliance and obedience, and when you choose something of your own volition, then then that's a whole different matter than just obeying the rules or being obedient or doing it because otherwise you might get into trouble or be penalised in some way. Um, or because there's some uninvestigated um, drivenness that you haven't looked at that, that just has you habitually do it. Okay. But if I commit profoundly, was the word you used, wasn't it? If I commit profoundly to having something happen, then I'm creating an environment which, in which others do the, 
do the same or something similar. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And and for senior leadership, particularly, in my view, that is that is the job of senior leadership is to create an environment in which your people are willing and free to step up. Uh, and and that that for them is predicated in what they most care about, what's most important to them. And in order to create an environment in which your people are willing to step up and join you to produce something unprecedented, then uh, uh, you've got to create an environment in which they are able to do that. And to do that, that takes looking at what am I creating around me what is the impact of everything I'm doing? What is coming out of my mouth? What am I uh, wittingly and unwittingly um, causing around me? And that for me is a key, a key aspect of uh, senior leadership or any leadership. Okay, so if I'm taking myself on and I'm leading myself, where do I, practically for people listening to this, where do I start looking? I mean, what, what's, the, what's the mechanism for this taking myself on? Ah, okay. Um, well, uh, I'm going to be curious about, for want of a better expression, what the neuroscientists call my internal model. And I, if you and I consider that you and I have an internal model, through which we experience the world, and um, uh, and what this internal model gives us, what we can get of the world out here. So, uh, if I am uh, able to start to observe that internal model, then I've got an access into why I do X and why I do Y, and um, and that'll give me um, uh, start to have me tune into my the environment I'm creating, wittingly or unwittingly. And in order to observe my internal model, I have a dilemma because I'm so inside the internal model, it's tough. Because I'm so in it, it just seems that it is how it is. For me, you know, this little human being, it's just, that's just how it is for me. How, however, I can start to notice it, one access is, how am I talking to myself about the world? That dialogue, that internal dialogue, starts to inform me about the, the internal model I'm operating from and looking through that's giving me what I see of the world. So um, in that way, uh, I can start to observe this thing I call myself and uh, discover discover what happens if I notice that and I try something other than that. Um, so the beginning is noticing through the first access or the beginning of observing that access is to listen to myself. Well, that's interesting. I'm talking to myself about this. So starting to consider that you and I aren't really listening to the world out here. We're listening to ourselves, talking to ourselves about the world. Right. You want me to say that again? Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so con yes, considering that you and I, right now, we're not listening to each other, we're listening to ourselves, talking to ourselves about each other or about what's happening. Right. Okay. So I'm listening to the story I have I'm, about. I'm talking, well, I'm talking to myself. 
And I'm listening through that interpretation to the world out here. Now, if I start to observe, tune in and listen to how I'm talking to myself, that's going to start to shed a light on something for me. It's going to start to point to things that really work, fantastic, and also things that don't work. Now, what I mean don't work, things that I say don't work. They don't work because they're not consistent with actually what I'm committed to and what I'm, I'm out to produce. And, and if you, you start to get committed, if you're committed to something that's you know, bigger than you and that's not been produced before, then as a, as a senior leader, let's assume you're a senior leader, as a senior leader, been starting to observe myself to see what am I creating and causing around me is a, a very smart place to start. And you can't underestimate the impact a senior leader is having in how they are behaving, what they're saying, who they're being, all of that, at least from my view, and, and, and I know our view at First Human is creating and causing the environment in which all their people are operating. Okay, and it, but it starts though with what, I'm, what am I saying to myself? What am I, yeah. how am I talking to myself? Yeah. And, and then looking at what impact it's having out there. Yeah. Is there an example of where you've tuned in to your own internal model, to your own internal conversation, and found that it's been inconsistent with a commitment you've got out there? Oh, gosh. All the time. Constantly. Uh, uh, so, um, no, moment to moment, you and I are constantly dealing with either we are running true to who we consider ourselves and say we are or not. And there's this, these little moments where we have choices and, and can choose. We can choose. A lot of the time, we're not noticing it. Now, if I'm bringing it back to senior leadership, your senior leadership, you simply can't afford to do that because a senior leader is being listened to as much as other people are listening to you. They're watching you. They're watching you mostly, not always, but through are you behaving like you say you are or I think you ought to? Some version of that. Now, if you take this idea that each of us are walking around in our own internal model, talking to ourselves about the world, if you start to imagine this is an idea, I'm not saying it's the truth, it's a pretty powerful interpretation, uh, that everyone's walking around inside their little, their little internal model. And if you look at it for yourself and start to examine it, it's full of judgments and assessments and uh, uh, opinions and uh, uh, and and by the way, center stage of the piece it, it, is is each of us in our own little soap opera. Now, if I'm a leader, they're like the they, you know, this sort of nebulous they out here. Uh, I, I can at least take the case that they are observing and watching me to test me to see if I'm I what I say I am. And, and because, I don't know, if you look for yourself, do you notice that that's something you do in some way or other? <clears throat> Immediately, like with my family. I mean, if I, if I tell myself my, my, my stand for my family is to be a, it's a loving, supportive father, a loving, supportive partner. And if I'm picking an argument, let's say with, with my partner, and, you know, I can see that, or at least sometimes I can see that after the fact, but I can, I can see that I'm not that, not that loving partner, not that loving father, often, frequently, a lot mm. of the time. Mm. So I, I can absolutely see where I'm not 
consistent with my commitment to who I'm going to be for my family. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a a, a great example. And um, you know, if I espouse values as a leader for my organisation, and then I'm not looking to see am I being those values um, uh, and bringing a discipline to that, which I would suggest uh, is, is a matter of my looking, I've got to look here, I've got to keep looking here, I've got to keep examining, reflecting here, being deeply self-reflecting to see am I running true to what I espouse, because the they, at least I can take the case, the they out there, they're watching. And the minute I don't, what does it do? Well, it grants them permission to behave, to, 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 to behave like me. So if I'm in a senior position, I'm creating that environment. Now, if I'm granting them the, the, the permission to behave that way, um, uh, I can also grant them the permission to be extraordinary. And it's going to take me working here, here to be extraordinary. And how am I going to be extraordinary when I'm going to have to keep looking here? And that's what is interesting to me is that this flips a lot of the conversation because often, because there may be people, and I'm listening to this thinking, enough with the navel gazing, right? Mm. Enough with this reflection. No, it's about the action you take and it's mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. what you're going to make happen. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I'm totally uh, with you there. And um, uh, what, what gives you your actions? So what does give you your actions, Richard? What gives you... What has you do what you do? Because, you know, of course we all want to produce great results or want to, we've got results we're on the hook for or are committed to or however we might talk about it. Um, and in business, people are really, really interested in results, of course. And what gives us results are our actions. Very smart, great. Now, the really interesting question is, what gives me my actions? Well, uh, uh, what, what I would say and what, in the work we do, we, we would offer and our clients also work on for themselves is that uh, what's in the background is driving the actions, wittingly or unwittingly. So uh, my capacity to notice what's what is actually running the show gives me creates for me the choice to powerfully create a context in which the actions are are consistent with what I'm committed to so I'm going to have to start to get really clear what am I committed to and then keep creating that environment, that commitment, that future, that vision, however you might, my mission, however you might want to talk about that, what I see as possible, I'm going to have to keep creating that and, and keep generating for myself an authentic relationship to it. And that still means I'm going to have to keep looking here, looking here, looking here, and then observing. And my results are going to tell me how on track I am or not, and they're really critical. So the results tell me, am I operating consistent with what I'm standing for, what I'm creating? They tell me that, but also the results that I'm out to produce are measures that that world that I'm creating is coming into existence. So it's all critical. Okay. And what if we take the view that Yes, but the world is so complex that what's going on in my little head 
in 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 the morass of all this complexity it can't can't really relate to the results out there can it i mean isn't it more about the system that's mm. be, that's that's organizing itself to have something happen and and what's going on in my little head really can't mm. impact the results out there yes well like that's very seductive it's very seductive because it so gets us off the hook to think like that now you can by the way, you can, and it, plenty do, and, and it's, there's nothing wrong with that. It, but, and it's not the perspective that, that we or I are offering. Um, uh, uh, what we're offering or what we look at is that um, by, by working on, by looking at myself, and checking out where am I operating from? Uh, is it my commitment or is it something else? And what the hell, heck else is this something else? Which is a whole interesting conversation in itself. Um, uh, then uh, I can have a powerful relationship to the circumstances that come at me. Now, it's totally valid to consider that there's just circumstances and I've just got to deal with them. Um, that's that's a, a perfectly valid way to look at life. However, it's not the most powerful way of looking at it as far as we're concerned. It's more powerful to consider there just are circumstances. Can I see more of them and the opportunities that arise and what am I unwittingly, how, what am I attributing to those circumstances which it's got nothing to do with the circumstances in and of themselves. And uh, that comes back to the same thing. Now when you get a group of senior leaders who all have the wherewithal who has started to create an environment together where they each are self-reflecting, able to look at themselves and find ways to talk about that uh, uh, so that they together become a straight line with regard to a commitment they've all aligned to. I'm very interested in an example from you. Where have you tuned in to your internal model to, and then shifted that and seen a correlating shift out there? Um, oh, there's, there's lots of them. I, there's the uh, one, there's so many. It's always difficult to choose, isn't it? Um, uh, and a very obvious one uh, was when I was taking myself to the next, next, a new level of being able to work with people. Um, and um, I was leading a program and, and I was being developed by colleagues. And I... Um, uh, they kept saying, you're not following the instructions. And for, for the life of me, I was, I am following the instructions. <laughs> I am. However, I, I was absolutely aware that in that particular environment, that context, I didn't have my full freedom of expression. You know those times when you are you experience you sort of being frustrated at yourself. You can't quite get yourself freed up to just be out here with the other human beings. There's something inhibiting you. You know that experience. Mm. And it was like that. So my full power wasn't available to me. And, um, and so the person um, mentoring me, guiding me, training me, however you want to look at it, uh, uh, really challenged me uh, on that I hadn't set up an exercise. 
as uh, she had asked. And for the life of me, I had no idea that I hadn't. I, so I said to her, I must have forgotten. And she just said, I just don't buy it. And um, then I really had to grapple with this experience, this really confronting experience um, of, and you know, I felt incredibly upset, suddenly, incredibly upset, um, and realized that she had for me become, it was as if she was Sister Mary Joseph from my childhood, my, when I was at school, and, you know, and I was about, oh, if I aged myself, I was about sort of seven years old. And, um, and the, what I saw about that is that the decision I had taken when I was that small girl was now running the show in the background. Uh, and so I had already decided how she how she was and and how my colleagues were and um and i was being like a six-year-old i was being like a six-year-old with them and i went back and i carried on working with the clients and i got it really clearly for myself the the internal dialogue i was in completely hidden from my view which is i'll never be like you now, as it happened, I was working with a group of Americans and I was the only British on the team. And uh, I, it just was as clear as bells to me. Wow. I was completely invalidating them because they were Americans, I was British. I know they're going to be like you. And uh, so, and, and that, hidden from my view, was what was driving my actions. Now, when I saw that, I had to come to terms with what a, what a uh, bigot I was. <laughs> now, how biased, this bias, this unexamined bias in the background and when I looked at it, no, I was born in the 50s, so my childhood was in the sort of late 50s and 60s, and how Americans were for me uh, uh, in our childhood, all unexamined and all quite innocent in and of itself, except now it was right in my way for what to really be who I said I am and, um, and to be able to do the work that I was deeply committed to. And, uh, and it, was, it was a terrific uh, thing to see, because then I could say, oh my goodness, I'm just, you know, gosh, I'm making you wrong just because you're American. And, you know, I'm really sorry about that. And um, but the freedom, the release was extraordinary. Because the other thing I saw about, you know, when the small girl decided that about Sister Mary Joseph, was a pretty big figure in my life. Now I really, really decided I will not be like you. And that shaped so much, so many decisions. What I could do, it sort of shaped that in a certain sort of direction, but also shaped what I couldn't do. It was a self-imposed constraint, unwittingly, that I put on myself. And, and so the impact, the shift was massive because I suddenly was able to make the whole arena I was operating even showed up differently, things looked different, the results I was able to produce. My colleagues became other human beings versus objects that I hadn't even realized they were. I was so sort of surviving this new environment I put myself in. I was sort of surviving it inside this frame, hidden from my view. And then when I saw it, I could be 
with them fully. You know, I could allow them in too. So the whole thing shifted. Shifted for me, shifted for them, shifted for the team, shifted for the clients. Like that. Does that yeah, illustrate I get it? it? Yeah. Perfect. You know, by the way, it wasn't that difficult to really start to see it because what what's what was the interesting factor is was my commitment and not letting myself off the hook with my commitment. And it was your commitment who kept you in that conversation. Yeah, it had you look, yeah, it had my you. My commitment, my commitment. I took on this. This was way out of my comfort zone. I was committed to my family. Uh, I had taken on for myself that I was going to grow and develop myself in this way. Now, what am I going to do? Am I going to jump off the helter skelter when it's kind of doing this its thing? No, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to deal with what there is to deal with to liberate myself from this self-imposed constraint. So, and and it just was extraordinary experience for me. You know, it wasn't comfortable. But then the results that started emerging were very comfortable. Or very, well, they weren't comfortable. They were great. And then, of course, there's the next mountain, right? That's how life is. Whatever that is. Yeah. I love that. And the other thing I'm with, and we talk about this sometimes, is, and this relates, is the listening we have for others. And we talked, we touched on this earlier in the conversation. So the idea that how I listen to somebody else, the listening I have for them, impacts them in a way that they show up differently and, and they can be free to be something different. Mm. And what interests me is, is the limits to that. So I can absolutely get how that works. And um, what do we do when we find somebody who no matter how generous we are in our listening for them, mm. they, 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 they seem unable to shift or, or, or there's somebody who we can't work together with towards a commitment. How, mm. how, how do we deal with that? Well, it, there's, there's lots of possible things that are really going on. It's just, are they actually committed to what you're committed to? Probably that's a, the source of it, I would guess. Um, it's a bit academic what you said, so I always prefer looking at real-time examples because you can just get it identified. Um, so there are, um, are getting, getting straight, whilst, whilst we're advocating that you and I really reflect upon ourselves and, and elevate our capacity to be responsible for ourselves, and, and really, we're talking about that, elevating that. This doesn't mean that you don't hold others to account. Actually, it gives you much more power to, and freedom to hold others to account. Because now I've got more facility with getting clear. Am I operating from a commitment I have? Or am I operating from somewhere else? Which is what screws us up if we can't hold people to account is because we're in some, we're in shaky territory somewhere for ourselves, right? Otherwise, it's just boom. And you know that with your own children, you hold them to account, no kidding, because you're clear where you stand. I mean, these are your kids and you stand for them beyond your lifetime. So you hold them to account. I mean, you know, in the way that parents do. And, um, uh, so what's likely is there's some mismatch of actually what you're committed to and, and um, need to get straight. Look, there's people who they simply aren't committed to that or aren't willing to be part of what you're creating. That's fine. And maybe they have very limited capacity to be in communication with you about that. I don't know. It's a bit academic, so it's no, but uh, no, no, no. But it's it's useful to think about that because I I think whilst it's absolutely true that I, I believe that who we are on the inside and how that manifests on the outside does impact those around us, and of course there's studies in neuroscience and so on to suggest mm -hmm. that, that mm -hmm. evidence for that. 
and it's and it has its limits and that's always interesting to me is when is it time to keep investing in this relationship in these interactions and 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 stay in a conversation about how do i cause a shift here and when is it time to say okay the, my energy is not best mm. spent mm. in this relationship or this set of yeah. relationships yeah well there's no rule to that no, but it'll course. all come to are your what they're committed to you committed to sufficiently overlapping and and so it comes back to what we were saying earlier that all of it's predicated in what i most care about what i stand for what what i say you it, in it, as big as you could say what my life's about am i running true to what i say a lot my life's about and for me that at the heart of the work we do with clients that conversation is really important it's what's well, not it's 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 the foundation so and, and and it's not a fixed thing that conversation is a dynamic phenomenon that you and I are constantly in and creating and having that arise for ourselves so spending time being aware of it or presencing it or checking oneself out against it um uh and therefore also that makes it a lot easier to start to see oh okay this person they're just not we're just not working on the same things now depending on the environment in which that arises i would have a certain number of choices to make yeah i see it and it actually makes it more straightforward i don't think they're ever easy um but senior leadership that is definitely something senior leaders have to do and being able to find a excuse me a powerful way to an a, a rigorous to be scrupulous with oneself back here that's it got to start looking here let me check it out so that uh, i can be sure that i'm uh can can no that i know i'm um uh i can sleep easy in the choices that i make yeah, yeah in the choices that i make mm-hmm. yeah okay and i know that you're going to say there's no formula to this mm-hmm. <laughs> let's see if we can explore some of the recurring questions that i think are arising here so there's there's something about what am i committed to mm-hmm. there's what's my listening for this situation this person mm-hmm. what's going on inside who, who am i being is is another key question isn't it are, are there any others there any other access points to to what we're describing I was just wondering about that one who might being um uh uh I was just wondering about it. See that I mean this is the nature as well of the work is to keep looking and in in a conversation like this which by its nature is a little um theoretical this it's very the work we do is very very operational. and therefore we're always looking uh, working with our clients in such a way that they're looking and and then the shift with regard to what they're up to is just boom boom i mean it's like a big shift um and uh, that's a tricky thing to to illustrate in this sort of a way um So I suppose that's another thing I'm pointing to in this ah uh, menu you you you've gone through. I suppose um um well what are the results I'm producing? That's a pretty good indicator. What are the results I'm producing? That's going to tell me quite a lot. 
Um, and, and that's why for us, the results, the design of the results, all of that's really critical, uh, that you've got ways of evidencing that you are producing or you are the manifestation of what it is you're committed to. You know, be it that you want to double a turnover or whatever the heck it is, because you know, so many different ways you can talk about that. Um, yeah, well, and that makes complete sense because if we're coming from a place that says who I am, what I am on the inside, what it is reflected out there, mm. then of course it's important to look out there as yeah. well as is and it, that's in part here. of the job the job that that I might do or we might do is um, you know I can think of occasions and I'm certainly not going to mention any names where um, I've gone on site and I've started to talk to people around the environment in the organization. And then I'll go to the CEO and, um, and I'll say, mm, well, I'm getting this, so what's going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> and because um, uh, I think that's a reflection. I, would, I think that's a, and a really smart CEO will, and I've got a few, and they're absolutely amazing at this. Will will go. They might argue for a little bit. I'll be, oh yeah, okay. Oh, and then have an 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 insight and shifts the whole environment in which everyone's operating. So, um, you know, as a senior person in organising, you can just can't underestimate the coming back to what we were saying at the beginning, the impact you're having across the organization and um, and uh, to keep looking at it, to keep shifting it. Now you're going to see that is through observing your results, but you know, you can go out and talk to your people and um, and hear what they're saying and what are they stuck in. And um, that's really useful resource because it starts to shed a light on something for you. Yeah. Does that help with that? No, it does. And, I, and I'm still smiling at the, the the challenge that you put in these situations to see. I, I, I love that. Mm -hmm. And it's encouraging that, uh, that self-ownership, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm really not saying that this is true. I'm not saying it yeah. isn't true or is true. I'm saying that if I look there, there's always something I can work on. And it, there is an enormous difference when... Um, I, you know, I, I, I work with a CEO whose people absolutely love love this person and so uh if if at any point that person does not operate consistent with this that's going to be extremely upsetting for their people so he it's it's, it's a bad system it, that that he works on himself is really critical and mostly that looks like keeping on dealing with himself and whatever the future, the, the possibility, the vision, whatever it is he, he is standing for, that he keeps that powerfully alive for himself and he's organized from there and, and it emanates out from him. And then it infectious like a virus through his people yeah so there's all sorts of ways of working on that by the way now that we haven't even got close to today you just started to scrape yeah the but you're right there's there's always going to be something there and I, and it reminds me of that you know the, the, the quality of the intervention um, 
relates to the quality of the internal condition of the intervener. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And yep. if we don't start here mm -hmm. in our in, in, in looking at our own internal condition mm. before we take the action, mm -hmm. and we might take some action which is designed to shift the, the system in some way or the environment in mm. some way. So we might take some action out there, but it's it, the, the likelihood of it being impactful in the way that is consistent with your commitment will be entirely related to who you're being as you do it. As you That's that simple little idea. And, it, you know, the neuroscientists say the whole thing's constructed, your, the whole experience of the world out here is constructed in your brain. And, and it's all a construct. So, uh, which is a mind-blowing idea. And, and therefore, I'm going to have to keep looking at the construct to have something happen out here different from what just habitually will happen if I just let the machine run. Now, if you imagine it like, you know, I can just let the machine run and okay, what happens if I start intervening with the machine? Why? Because actually I'm designing what I'm committed to and I want to interrupt the machine to better produce what I'm committed to rather than being someone who's surviving something or is driven because you know, I want to be better than someone else or whatever else it is. Actually, I'm committed to producing something. What am I going to have to deal with the idiot here? Because the idiot's the one that gets in the way. This flipping idiot here. And, and you know, it's coming to terms with you and I as human beings. There's, there's, there's uh, a commonality across the planet, at least. You scrape back the cultures and I, I tell you, you end up with human being and... What seems to be really consistent is, unwittingly, whether we like it or not, we see difference. And we can't help but see differences. And, of course, we suck up uh, our interpretations. Um, uh, we construct them ourselves in, 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 in ways to survive life, um, we just sort of inherit them. There's all sorts of ways you and I are unwittingly or have unwittingly created that frame. Now, if I can notice it, what it just provides me with is in the moment a choice consistent with what, what I'm actually committed to. And, you know, I'm coming back to take some work to really get clear on that. And as a, a leadership team, creating what are we committed to, which for each individual is predicating what's really important to them and the sufficient overlap. So together, we're much more than the sum of the parts. We're now about causing something much bigger than that. Right. But again, and that starts with what am I committed to personally? You know, what am I interested in? And then how can I see that in this broader yeah, commitment? Yeah, and, and, and I think what's, Perhaps surprising, but least seems to be impactful for people is that you and I don't spend a lot of time really looking at what am I committed to? Really? What the heck is my life about? You know why I'm here on this little planet? And, and keeping on examining it, keeping on examining it, keeping on examining it. Why? Because maybe that's a more powerful place to operate from than the push and pull of this survival mechanism I've got, this brain that is set up to have me survive. Mostly what I'm surviving is things I thought seemed as if they were threats when I was a small kid or even things I've kind of inherited, sucked in. And, that, and, and, and the more you and I each can take on getting beyond that, the more we can be open to the vast complexity of the tapestry, coming back to what you said about complexity, that 
is this thing human being? And to allow the them out there to be who they are and who they're not. And, and then to invite them to partner with us, to cause something that to, we both could get committed to. So, um, and it's, apart from anything, it's just an amazing way to live your life. So there's a lot of, you know, fallout. You can't work on this and not have it impact everything. So uh, that's the kind of, you know, bonus with regard to. That's right. You work on this in, work in this way in any place in your life and it affects all of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's always but For you. me, at a profound commitment I have is extraordinary leadership in the world. And, um, and I'm really interested in people who have put themselves into leadership positions who are committed to causing something to happen beyond themselves. They're up for something. I'm really interested in that. And that they're deeply self reflective that that to me that 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 shines such a bright light for the future for our grandchildren our grandchildren's children to create the kind of discovery to keep opening up what this bunch of idiots called the human beings running around the planet at the moment can see and not see in the little frames we're stuck in so so the more we can open up and find ways to partner and unite and create unity, unity of what of unity of the human spirit. And and um you know, and then deal with all the difficulties of what it also takes to leave getting straight, being clear when there's no commitment there and all these things, that all goes with it. So what I've just said may sound kind of quite highfalutin and perhaps not the stuff of boardrooms and executive teams and so on. It's at the very heart of it. For me, it's at the very heart of it. Let's live from there. Why not? Got this little bit of time on this planet. What's your mark? What's going to be your legacy? And to get to work with people to in any way contribute to that across the planet is an utter joy for me. We well, wouldn't be good about that. <laughs> but what I've got to do is, and certainly I've got to deal with the idiot. You know, that 20 years ago, whenever it was, when I had that insight, I had to deal with Flipping heck, I put myself into this international arena. I'm a frigging bigot. Excuse me. I'm not, of course I'm not committed to that. Of course I'm not. But not being responsible for it because it was so hidden. I mean, hidden. Mm. Hidden, mm. hidden, hidden, hidden. But it made me small. Yeah. And then I couldn't play big. When I really wanted to play big, I couldn't play big. And then I, when I saw it for what it was, oh, you idiot. But, you know, there's a greatness in owning your idiotness. Yeah. And as we said before, it's, it's through holding these big commitments, through contemplating these big possibilities, mm. that we expose these parts of us that aren't consistent with that. And so, that, that's, so that's such an important yeah. part. Of well, the, at least for mechanism. me, yeah, yeah, absolutely. At least that's been my, my experience and, and, and the extent to which I can contribute has accelerated, oh, massively because of that. Uh, and so any, any kind of um, confronting all the sort of physicalness that goes with it, the discomfort that goes with it is so outweighed by the amazing um, 
satisfaction and fulfillment with in some small way being able to contribute to something and also to see my oh that the leaders that I have the joy and able to support to see them grow and I really have seen them grow to grow and take things on and be daring and bold and courageous and amazing result producers well who wouldn't love that well yeah exactly mm. and maybe that's a a perfect place to to close this conversation I could speak to you for hours but that was very powerful. Thank well, you we got going in the end. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah your, your experience and your insights. Yeah. Thank you so much. Pleasure and to talk you to you. Thank you. For sharing your home. <laughs> thank you. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com dot com.